Welcome to another Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I created the show with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping people in their own way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. 95% of our serotonin, the neurotransmitter responsible for our emotional well-being, is produced in our gastrointestinal tract. And our gastrointestinal tract is lined with 100 million nerve cells or neurons, which is why your digestive system is not only responsible for digesting your food, but also strongly influences your emotions. This is why the gut is now referred to as our second brain also called the ENS, or the enteric nervous system. For years, doctors thought it was anxiety and depression which caused symptoms like irritable bowel syndrome, constipation, or diarrhea. But now they have come to realize that the irritation of the gut is actually sending signals to the central nervous system, in turn triggering mood changes. In addition, recent research has shown how the food we choose to put in our gut can also impact our brain's function. Studies have shown that diets lacking in high-quality foods with polyphenols and antioxidants and the recommended levels of omega-3 polyunsaturated fatty acids can produce an inflammatory response in peripheral immune cells, causing brain dysfunction. Even poor in utero diets are said to have lasting changes in many aspects of metabolic and central functions, which can include impairing cognitive skills and accelerating brain aging. The latest data reflect that dietary habits in America have become increasingly worse and have significantly contributed to the rise in obesity. Obesity is a global phenomenon affecting a third of adults in America, and now coupled with obesity is not only a risk of cardiac disease, metabolic syndrome, and type 2 diabetes, but also mild cognitive impairments and even dementia. While certain factors may seem more controllable than others when it comes to gaining weight, new research has proven that distracted eating can also be a culprit. A study conducted by the University of Birmingham in the UK involved two groups, one group that ate a particular meal while watching TV and another that ate the same meal without television. The study concluded that being distracted or not paying attention to a meal tended to make people eat more, while paying attention to a meal was linked to eating less later. Reason being, after you start eating, it takes 20 minutes or so before the brain begins sending out messages of feeling full. So if you are hurrying or not paying attention, it's easy then to take in more calories than you need in 20 minutes. Hence why mindful or conscious eating may not only help you to digest your food better, but also it allows you to feel fully satisfied. Mindful eating can include noticing the colors, smells, flavors, and textures of food while eating more slowly in a complete eating environment without distractions. Furthermore, chewing your food longer whilst admiring its flavor and texture before swallowing it is also said to be very helpful and healthy. In fact, a recent study out of Kyushu University in Japan found that people who took time to chew slowly have better digestion and feel fuller faster. We actually increase the number of calories we burn during digestion just by eating more slowly. Other techniques to aid in eating more slowly can include drinking water between bites or resting your utensils. Mindful eating doesn't only entail the way in which you eat, but also what you choose to eat, as well as how you go about cooking it. You are what you eat has taken on so many additional meanings these days. For example, food empathy, otherwise known as emotional eating, has become pretty commonplace in our seemingly more stressful world. Food, primarily unhealthy food, is being consumed to fill a void, to alleviate an emotional pain, or to dissociate from a trauma. If we are that susceptible to allow our emotions to dictate our eating habits and to take on the emotions of others, what is to say we are not also absorbing the emotions of others through the food they cook us or from the food, especially the animals we consume? Many indigenous cultures traditionally gave thanks to the animals they hunted 
to express gratitude for the animals sacrificing themselves and also to remove the emotions the animal may have had at the time of death, like fear. This was their way of not eating the emotions and taking them on as their own. In September of 2018, a study was conducted in which researchers from Bern University of the Arts played nonstop loops of different types of music to 22 pounds of wheels of cheese for six months to see how the sound would impact the flavor. The findings concluded that the hip-hop cheese, the one which listened to a tribe called Quest, came out on top in aroma and flavor. The control group of cheese without music was not at all pleasing. Researchers noted, while temperature, humidity, and nutrients can influence the taste, so can sound and music. And it is bacteria which is responsible for the taste of cheese. Even Dr. Masuro Emoto, Japanese water researcher, proved through his extensive research that water is shaped by environment, thoughts, and emotions. We humans are roughly 60% water, with 39 trillion microbial cells, which include bacteria, viruses, and fungi that live on us and in us. Our negative self-talk and pent-up emotions affect us. Every single cell, every single component we are made of is listening. How are you choosing to feed it? Today on Love from the Hip, it is my absolute pleasure to have Marcella Benson on my show. Marcella is an author and spiritual nutrition counselor. She will share her wisdom from her beautiful new book, Love, Peace, and Vegetables, Recipes for Conscious Living, including her own journey with obesity, the importance of live food, the type of water we are drinking, conscious eating, and more. So stay tuned for more of this exciting show. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R dot com. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my podcast, Love from the Hip, that's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Marcella Benson on my show. Marcella is an author and spiritual nutrition counselor. Hi, Marcella. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, hi, Sakura. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) And where are you joining us from? Miami, sunny Miami Beach. Oh, rub it in. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) So, Marcella, how long have you been a spiritual nutrition counselor? Uh, It's been now uh, about 20 years. Yes. And and why the desire to work with nutrition and food? Uh, Well, I, I did not have a desire. I had no choice. (laughs) (laughs) okay tell us more (laughs) Uh, because you see uh, when when I grew up and I saw my father with diabetes and um, also I grew up in a family where my father was obese his brothers were obese my mom no she was thin and my grandmother from my mother's side everybody had a well well measure and no problems with food but in my father's side, everybody had problems with food without calling it problems because they were coming from wars mm-hmm. and situations in life that to have a proper weight or being obese at that time, it meant uh, for you to be abundant and to have more than everything that you needed without knowing really that this was killing you. Wow. Yes. And uh, for me, uh, growing up with a diabetic father and knowing that, oh, he was sick and he needed to do a diet and he needed to lose weight. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, when you hear it all of your life, it's like, I don't want to do that. I want to go far away from that. I don't want to hear any more about eating cucumbers, <laughs> neither <Yeah. laughs> neither about doing a diet. And my mom was also such a sweetheart, but I, not that I saw it that way at that time. She wanted me not to suffer like my dad, not to get sick. Now, were you already struggling with your weight at a young age? I was. Okay. About nine years old, I started struggling with the weight. And, and, and by nine years old, I was already um, eating emotionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when did you start to change then your relationship with food? At what age were you? At 15, I did my first change when I became vegetarian and my relationship with food was strictly spiritual. And why did you become vegetarian and how did you have that relationship? Yes, I understood. I had my friends who were vegetarian and at 15, I understood through them that I was eating dead food, something that somebody killed for me to be able to eat. Mm. That was an animal. I connected the animal aspect with what I was eating. And mind you, I was raised in Argentina. Everybody was eating animals. You know, in Argentina, you go, they have fairs of the of the biggest cows. And then you have the cows moving beside you. And you have huh. then people making the cows right beside the cows, right beside you, uh-huh. eating it. And, it, you know, it's culture. Right. It's like a culture kind of thing. And people are proud of that. But, you know, because... They're just looking to the, they're not looking really to the whole picture, mm-hmm. you know, to becoming whole with the whole picture. So for me, when I understood that, I did the spiritual connection that if my food needs to be aligned with my spirit, I knew that I was good. I knew that I had a spirit from very early on. I knew that there was much more than my physical body from very early on, not that anybody had told me, but I just somehow knew it. Yeah, that's a pretty profound thing to come up with as a child at that young age. Yes, I had that thing that, okay, wow, vegetarian. Oh, I know this. I can do this. This is what I need to be doing. Oh, yes. And it's just (laughs) register like that for me. It's not very often that happens to people. mm -hmm. What I see that people come into it through sicknesses or you know, or like bettering themselves. For me, it was like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm doing this. Um, and then so who, was the, who was the mentor that helped you with that spiritual connection as well with food? Uh, my first mentor was Indra Devi Matashi, was my yoga teacher. Uh, and she was well over 80 back in the days. Wow. And <laughs> yeah, and she showed, she showed me how if you put a pound of sugar on your hand and you muscle tested the hand and the body and the muscles will not test well, you will lose strength. 
And if you put an apple, how the body will react to that and you will have strength again, your body. And for me, that was like, oh my God. It made so much sense. This, this (laughs) is, there is something here. And that's really my journey with food study started on, because for me, being pretty at 15 or 13 or, or, or nine was not the important part. What do I want to be so healthy and so pretty for? I always ask myself that from a child. Mm-hmm. What's, what's, what's my answer? And as I walk through life, the universe invited me into spirituality. And I've heard the call also. I, you know, I opened up my heart to that call. And I realized that my connection with food and emotional eating, and um, it was a journey to take me in, to get to know myself and to let go what what was oppressing me as an emotion in my head. Yeah, absolutely. And so as you heard that call, who else came out of the woodwork for you as another mentor? Yes, I had, you know, I had such phenomenal mentors. My second mentor was Dr. Estelle, Esther Marcel, uh, and she passed away a year ago at 101. She worked until she was 98. Wow. And, um, and she was graduated from the, the, the Sorbonne in Paris, and she was a, a natural kinesiologist and um, dietitian only dedicated to obesity. And she gave something to me very important because her, her therapies, she will always give you a massage. Yes. Mind you, her diet was antiquated and it was not something that I would give right now, but she gave me something greater than I diet. She gave me the love of her hands of touching me and telling me how beautiful I was mm. and uh, how much she wanted me to be the image that I wanted to be for myself. Wonderful. And without judgment. And she also uh, had extra weight. And that made me feel uh, very good, not because she had extra weight, because I felt like she could understand me. Right. And so she first taught you body positivity. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And acceptance and love, and that we can change it if we want. And so then did you notice a whole slew of changes after you finally accepted yourself? Well, I instantly took it like, oh, yes, this is great. She loves me. I love myself. My mom loves me. She, my mom is, doesn't bring me to her or to do some weird diets because she doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. You know, because my mom is very thin and she could not understand why I will eat more, why her beautiful daughter was not the way she should be. <laughs> and for me, that was a great offense. And she didn't mean to offend me. But, you know, when you're little, you get offended of course. very quickly because your esteem is not yet uh, built with spirituality. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, you know, it's just a, a, a thing of recognition and ego, which we need to grow up. And so what did Dr. Dr. Marcel teach you about obesity? She taught me that people that have extra weight need to be touched. Their, their body needs to be touched with a lot of love. And, and this is not a shame to have extra weight. It is something we need to work on. And for some people, you can see it with your eyes what they have wrong or what they need to work on themselves, like weight. And some other people, you cannot see what's wrong with them. And this is also even could be a bigger problem because it's hidden. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's stuck deep inside. Yes. And you see, so then obesity did not came as a bad word anymore. It came of, okay, something I need to work on. Right. And what, it's something I need to work on. And what have you learned through your own work and experience with your own clients? What is obesity? What causes it? Um, it's a lack of nutrition, lack of proper nutrition, 
in, in, in one in one aspect because it's a multi-layer thing. Okay, you have a lack of nutrition, right? Because you're not understanding how to feed yourself. Then you might have emotional things intertwined with that. Yeah, and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And lifestyle. So, and, and, and past generations, where does your family come from? What did they did for comfort? What do you remember? Yes, uh, but a, a big, the base is really, really bad, bad food. Mm. Bad food. Food that is not really food. It looks like food. It makes it taste like food. You might think it's food, but it's not food. Processed food. Yes. Yeah. Processed food, oils that are not apt for any human being to be intaking them, sugars that are never meant to be for consumption, any type of consumption, um, you see, and things that are completely not natural. So they make us not natural. Obesity is not a natural state. Mm-hmm. And you it's never just, you never felt full. Is that right? I never. When I was at my maximum weight, it was after I had my son around 24 years old. And my mom was really worried. You know, I was happy because I was having my son. Right. And that was really, since I was 16 years old, it was the completion of the dream of my life to be a mother. Mm-hmm. So I was happy, but I was 258 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I was like this happy young woman who was completely obese. And I call my mom and I say, you know, and she's worried. She says, Marcela, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. He's so beautiful. And, and then all of a sudden I said, no, ma, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because I really feel like I, I'm never full. Mm. I eat and I can eat more and I can eat more and I finish a pizza and I can really, I finish the pizza, but I'm ashamed that I finished the pizza. But I really, I could eat two or three more. And that was, and I was like, how am I ever going to get out of this? I'm never full. I never have society. Everything is like, I want more. And those were the days when I was a vegetarian, Mm -hmm. but I had no idea about organic food. I had no idea about white flour. I had no idea about pernicious oils to your body. I had no idea about the addictive side of dairy, Mm. Uh, the fat-free, sugar-free, zero-point sodas. I had no idea. And so that just propelled you forward? Completely. Mm -hmm. Completely. It was like, okay, let's do a zero soda so I don't gain weight. Okay, after the zero soda, okay, let's do some uh, greasy things because I, you know, so then... The body is like trying to find nutrition and satisfaction or in all the wrong places because there is nothing in a French fry that can feed anything except the addictive brain. Mm-hmm. Mm. There is nothing. And really what you might be needing is the right oils for your brain. Huh, that's really interesting. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break, but everyone stay tuned for the Weekly Skinny up next. On this Weekly Skinny, I would like to talk about DH, or Dermatitis Herpetiformis. While it might sound like a Harry Potter spell, it is actually a skin rash caused by gluten consumption. When gluten is consumed, it triggers the immune system. As a result, antibodies are then produced and deposited into the skin, which in turn causes the red, itchy bumps and blisters seen with this long-term chronic autoimmune skin condition. Gluten is a protein found in wheat, rye, barley, and it can be found in oats as well. It is oftentimes added to processed food to bind it together and give it shape. Although for centuries we have been absolutely fine eating gluten, the over-processing of our grains and strong pesticides have now led to an increase in gluten sensitivities, allergies, and celiac. 
Celiac disease is an autoimmune response to gluten and is known for damaging the small intestines. Dermatitis herpetiformis happens to affect 10 to 25% of people with celiac disease. DH is said to be most common in people of Northern European heritage. In fact, 75 per 100,000 people in Northern Europe have it. It is also most likely to affect people between the ages of 30 and 40 and is more common in men than women. It tends to appear on the knees, elbows, butt, and along the hairline. It can, however, show up in the mouth and cause oral issues like pitting, discoloration, horizontal grooves, and canker sores. Some people with DH may even experience GI issues like bloating, cramping, constipation, diarrhea, and pain. It is often misdiagnosed for herpes but is not contagious. Symptoms of DH can come and go and remission is spontaneous. When the blisters and bumps go away, it is also not uncommon to have some hyperpigmentation or pale marks on the skin, which can fade over time. Of course, genetics also plays a role. If someone in your family has DH, then you are 5% more likely to have it as well. It is diagnosed through a blood test and also a skin biopsy. Sometimes antibiotics are prescribed to help alleviate itching and also risk of infection. Removing gluten from one's diet is the number one recommended course of action when addressing DH. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. U-R-A, skinandmind.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you are just joining us, Marcella Benson is here with us today, and you will want to check out her new beautiful book called Love, Peace, and Vegetables, Recipes for Conscious Living. So, Marcella, before the break, you were letting us know about how you had that really deep conversation with your mother about you don't know if you'll ever feel full. And so that kind of, I'm sure, propelled you down the rabbit hole, right, to learn more information about relationship with food and also just what food is. And so who did that bring, bring you to next? Who's your next mentor? My next mentor, uh, who still is, because for him is, a, uh, is Dr. Gabriel Cousins, and uh, he's also been my spiritual teacher and my mentor and my, my dear friend. Um, that's amazing and so what spoke to you through his teachings well I started first without knowing him I just read his books and I said well if he lives like he talks then I will study with him because I've already had I've studied with so many people, so many different things, so many diets, so many fads, so many, which I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for all of it because I have an incredible wealth of knowledge now. But I had a doubt and I said, I have to meet him because if he truly speaks and he truly lives like he writes his books, then I have a lot more to learn from him. And that's how my journey started. And so what concept did he bring to you? Well, he brought me the concept of individuality. He brought me the concept that he answered me my forever question that why do I want to be so pretty for? Why do I want to be so healthy for? Mm. And what was the answer? To be the channel of divine energy on this earth. Mm. And that for me, she just did it. I was like, okay, I can do that. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it re- really resonated with you. Yeah, for yeah. me, it was like, okay, that, that closes the cycle for me. I feel that I can take on this path if yeah. that's going to bring into my life a constant flow of loving energy into my field. Mm. 
And he did. Yeah. Wow. And it really, truly did. So, you know, and also uh, the understanding, you know, I just didn't want to learn with anybody who wasn't, for me at that time, at that time, it's like I, I had my son who was already about, I think he was about seven or no, he was about nine. My daughter who was a, a two, two and a half, she used to suck her thumb. Now she's 20 <laughs> something. <laughs> and, um, and if I needed to also change the life of my children and their nutrition. Mm-hmm. Inside a good and example. I didn't want to take advice from somebody who didn't have a medical background. Not that I feel the same way, but for me, that was at that time, I felt, um, I, I felt contained with his, with his knowledge that he had the medical background and then he had the Ayurvedic background, the Chinese medicine background, the acupuncturist background, the natural doctor background, the psychiatry background, you know, the spiritual teacher background, you know, being in India that he spent so long. And for me that like checked all the boxes. <laughs> mm-hmm. He checks all the boxes. What right. can I say? <laughs> you know, if he doesn't check your boxes, he checked all my boxes. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, let's talk about your book. How did you come to write your book, Love, Peace, and Vegetables? Um, well, my book has been a process of 10 years, you know, because it's been about 18 years, between 20 and 18 years that I studied with Dr. Gabriel Cassis. I say I studied because I still study with him. When I call him, when I'm in his meetings, when we speak, I always learn from him. That's great. Yeah. I always learn from him. And um after becoming his student, I also became one of the teachers at the school. And I became the main teacher of all South America, bringing his work to all South America and also even Europe and Spain. <laughs> so we would teach together in Spain, in Peru, in Argentina, even in Brazil and some other places. I can't remember where else. And also at his school. And all my, although I had written little books before and I wrote with another doctor the recipes for his book and I wrote for Gabriel. Also, I helped him with um, the new edition of There is a Cure for Diabetes. I never had written a book on my own. Mm-hmm. And so then what you know, happened? Because... <laughs> so then it was, everybody's like, Marcela, you have to write, you have to write, you have to write. And I said, okay, I'm going to write. Little did I know that it was going to take me 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Little did I know that I was such a perfectionist and such a, and I wanted to bring work that really represent a new era of being, living and eating in the world. That eating is no longer eating. It is a way of being yourself Mm -hmm. and sending ripples into the world of who you are and what you represent. Yeah, because there's so much in there. It's just a big collaboration of meditations and blessings along with the recipes and beautiful pictures of food. How did you come to think to incorporate all of those different aspects? Because all of these different aspects were in my life already. Mm. And as I taught, it came to me that I will always do a poetry. I will always do a blessing because... I was the main conscious eating teacher. So to teach conscious eating, you have to teach the blessings mm-hmm. because conscious eating doesn't happen by just saying I'm teaching conscious eating or I'm going to conscious eat. Conscious eating, it is a matter of sitting, breathing, coming into yourself, blessing your food, chewing because the first nutrition, the first uh, digestion happens in your mouth as you chew. You see, mm-hmm. blessing your water. And when you finish, being grateful, thanking the food, thanking the people around, the, if you have company, also the company. So as I did that for many years and I taught conscious eating, I, I wanted to bring a book into people's houses that can inspire that. As soon as you look at it with the word love, the word peace and vegetables can inspire wittiness. 
and, and funniness, but also true love. Mm. Because if you have things in your life, people, teachers in your life that inspire you, you are for sure going to live a better life. Now, having taught conscious eating for so long, how would you say it strongly impacts people's health? How does it change the relationship with food? completely changes because, I mean, I've seen students of mine change their whole lives from being in a complete neurosis and stuck to their phones to, I want to be present in my life. Mm. I want to be present in my children's life. I want to be present in my husband's life, or I want to be present with my partner. I want to be present you know, I'm like, I've seen Miami transformed around me. Like <laughs> people who owned flower shops and events, they became conscious events. And now they have a conscious restaurant and they have an organic farm. Amazing. You know? Yeah. And um, you see this happening around you all the time. When you are, when you become conscious, then it starts sending ripples out. And all of a sudden, there is more consciousness around. Yeah, trickle effect. And that's a great one. That's beautiful. So can we share a little bit about your part one and part two of your masterpiece on self-love and also peace and creating a sacred kitchen? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I, I always say, you know, self-love is very important because you, you have to love yourself enough to wanting to make changes. Yeah, and, and, and then uh, also making changes require a little bit of work. Yes? Yeah. And this is important because it's, it's important to understand that whenever you're going to make changes, you have to be patient for that. And once you learn them, then you have to learn how to be humble about it and no one to evangelize everybody around you because you just learned something new. And that often happens. And sometimes doing that turns people off that are around you. And then in turn, it turns you off. Mm. So when you are cultivating something into self-love, you have to put it, I always say, like a, a, in a good fermentation vessel in the dark. yeah bringing in that food analogy that's great (laughs) yes just put it in the dark don't start you know don't open up your coat that's Mm -hmm. still working on you (laughs) and and that's important and become you know and through for example in the book I continue with poetry you know how the life alchemizes you and you know, I continue to talk about peace and, and peace starts with you mm-hmm. and the way you live your life, you know, and as we go through life also, uh, let's, let's look at that. Yeah. And you I know, like and how you the- tie in the, the connection between self-love and what you choose to put in your body. Because that's a strong reflection of self-love, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And self-love it's not only for you, it is for the world. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, you know, for me, as a mother, what inspired me the most was not doing things for me, doing things for my children. When that turns, so like you have to find what, you have to find what turns you on and cling there. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, it's like, just hold on there. Like it's your last string for life. <laughs> and that for me was kind of like, oh, I feel like when I think about my children, I feel like I do want to do all this. Right. Yeah. So then I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I, I, it really does making me, I want to get up. I want to do it. I want to cook it. I want to learn it. Yeah. It's a, it's, you're stepping into the commitment. And so yes. what is it about the setting up a sacred kitchen or a sacred space to also cook in? How is that important? Uh, it's, it's huge because, you know, often the kitchen is left as, okay, 
the, the last, it's, it's almost like a bathroom, okay? It's like bathroom is it's, it's the worst and then kitchen is the second. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, kind of like that, you uh -huh. know? Kitchen is never in the first. And, and, and no, it needs to be the first and the most sacred. And this is where I created a place where I have my water and I call it my sacred space where I have my water altar. Mm -hmm. because we are water as you spoke in the beginning of the show which yeah. was beautiful what you put together there was absolutely beautiful thank you um when you create a sacred space in your kitchen and i did it with the altar of water because water goes on everything goes in your body was in the food preparation and when you understand how to prepare the water all of a sudden your whole kitchen becomes sacred because you understand or a little bit, or you're trying to come into the understanding of the sacredness of water, which is the majority of your food. Mm -hmm. And so how do you recommend we work with our water? First of all, understanding what is the best water that you can get available to you. You know, because if you live in a if you live in a big city and you only have city water available, okay, so what are the ways that I can make it better? Mm -hmm. If you don't live in a city, what is the consciousness you can bring to maybe to find a spring and get spring water and get alive water and maybe once every two weeks having dark vessels and filling up your water and bringing it into your house might be a good adventure to do every, every week. Mm -hmm. You know, so it all depends where you are and what you need. You know, and this I talk about it in the book exactly what to do and how to uh, and how to also program your water into health and how to like you spoke before about Dr. Emudo Matsudo and exactly the water is it, it's a vehicle in where we can record yeah. blessings, healings. See, so if we put our attention there, energy flows into the water and states and changes the structure, the molecular structure of the water. Now, are you, so are you talking to everything in your kitchen, including the water? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And the salt, for example, salt, it's a, a, it's a mineralized crystalline structure, mm -hmm. which is edible. So as you press it in between, I'm talking about pure salt, okay? So I have a whole chapter in salt and the importance of salt that is not um, uh, table salt. It's not like they, they draw all the minerals out and they lift just the sodium mm -hmm. chloride in there, which is very, very unhealthy for you. But if you have a salt that has about 87 to 92 minerals, and it's maybe a combination of several salts of the world could be very, very healthy because you can, and it all depends, you know, we have to individualize, okay? Mm -hmm. But when you're sick, the first thing they do to you in the hospital, what is it? They give you what? The first thing they hook you up in the, in the hospital with to the, help you. With the IV? Yes. The fluids. And that, and that is water and salt. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Yep. Water and salt. So water and salt is very important. So when you're sick, having water and salt, it's very important to keep your liquids up, okay? So salt is a very important structure in which we can also, by pressing it, making piezoelectricity and putting our intention, also we can code our water, the food we eat with love, with healing intentions, you see? Mm -hmm. That's quite beautiful. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. with, well, with that, I hate to stop you there, but we're going to take a quick break. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. 
So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you are just joining us, Marcella Benson is here with us today. So, Marcella, what is live food and why do you recommend it? Well, um, live food is food that hasn't been heated um, above 118 degrees, okay? And live food, it is uh, a way of understanding that also all the vegetables are alive if we haven't cooked them. Mm. All of the enzymes, the phytonutrients, the minerals are bioactive or what is called biogenic food okay, which is completely biocompatible with who you, we are, which is matter and energy, mm. see? So we are being able by chewing or by massaging our food, yeah? So for example, when we're making maybe kale salad, for some people, kale might be too strong and they cannot digest it. So in, in, in the training that we have and in the teachings of Dr. Cousins and the school uh, that I come from, breaking, um, breaking the kale through massaging it, it helps open up the cellular walls for you to, to easily digest the kale. That's fascinating. And now it's soft, like if you cooked it without having cooked it, and now it's the first stage of digestion outside of your body. Mm -hmm. Now, does live food also include organic? Yes, live food is organic. Very, very important because you don't want to put food uh, that is not organic with pesticides, fungicides, herbicides, because this is highly, highly detrimental for your health and highly detrimental for the planet's health. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but live food specifically, when we don't cook it and we, we start understanding that certain things have more energy, yeah, like wild foods, yeah, or foods grown on a very, 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 like two feet of mineralized, regenerative soil. Mm-hmm. And when you start eating this way, or you can experience, I wish people, more people can experience what I have experienced, a little bit of lettuce and a little bit of kale or a little bit of tumbleweed or all kinds of weeds that are edible, Mm -hmm. you eat a little bit of that and you feel like you ate so much food because nutrition, it's packed is dense with nutrition and when you start understanding that's when i for me everything clicked with life food when all of a sudden i was like wow i am full and i ate only a salad right (laughs) exactly so can you talk about alkalinizing nutrition why that's also important and what that is well that's that's it it's it's huge because you see nowadays we live acid life, not only acid thoughts, but acid lives in eating the white bread and and the pasta. And all of these becomes acid. Not only that, you start your morning with a good old coffee, with good old milk, which is acid and takes away the calcium out of your bones. Mm -hmm. See? So when you have 
and acidity you see in your whole body, you create inflammation. When you create inflammation, it is the start for all kinds of problems. Yeah, all see? sorts when, of diseases. And we live in inflamed states from day in and to day out. Yeah. So can you tell us more about your spiritual fasting? Well, spiritual fasting is a, a, a technique created by Dr. Gabriel Cousins, and uh, I, I am, I'm being one of the teachers. I, I hold spiritual fasting here in my studio in Miami. And um, what it is, is really going into a fasting with the purpose of hearing the whispers of your soul. Mm -hmm. And as you shed the food and you bring in the crystal water and you bring in the ginger and the turmeric and the green juices without any sugar and you bring in the lemon and a lot of the hydration and the herbs and the enzymes to help you break down all of the toxins of your body, all of the satin, and you bring the meditation and you bring the yoga and the soft movement in the body and being in touch with nature and letting the sun touch the skin of your body so you can off gas mm. and you can regenerate all of a sudden you arrive into this beautiful clarity of space of who you really are. That's beautiful. That's something I need. <laughs> well, well, come on down. <laughs> exactly. Well, we are coming to the end of the show. So can you tell my listeners how they can learn more about you? Well, definitely uh, supporting this work. If it resonates with you, uh, you can come into my website, uh, www.marcela, M-A-R-C-E-L-A dot love. And there you can purchase my book um, and start studying that way. Start looking at it. Do a few recipes. It's really, really it's not difficult. Uh, you have to remember, you have to get to know the ingredients and the ingredients have to get to know you. Do you <laughs> like the ingredients? You don't like the ingredients. And sometimes you might not like, and then you might love. Give yourself time, give yourself space. And that's how you get closer to people that you resonate. Wonderful. First, I always say, read the books. If you don't resonate with the books, then it's it not might for you. be a good idea. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks again for being here today. <laughs> All right. Thank you, my dear. Thank, thank you so you. much. I super enjoy your presence. Thank you. And thank you to Eric, my stellar producer, you the listener, KKNW, KBKW, and Cape Town Zone Radio. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode of Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. Stay kind out there. Stay true to you. And don't forget, make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare ya.